Finding your way to a balanced way of living is the key to health and happiness. Each week on Choosing the Balanced Life with Diabetes, you'll hear tips and tools for a happier and healthier life. Here's your host, Anita Westlake. In today's episode, I'd like to talk about an email that I recently received from a male listener living in the United States in Las Vegas, and his name is Dave. In Dave's email, he states that um, he's been recently, recently, pardon me, diagnosed with diabetes, and he's having quite a bit of anxiety around his diagnosis. He's finding it hard to manage his diabetes. He's very overwhelmed. And when he's reached out for some support and help, often he's met with a lot of negative information, almost um, using fear in order to motivate him to manage his condition in a better way. He's hearing all the bad news. If you don't take care of yourself, you're going to have liver issues, kidney issues, eyesight, just it goes, the list goes on and on. And instead of motivating him, he's becoming very depressed and to the point where he just doesn't know where to turn. Um, why bother? All these terrible things are going to happen to me. I might as well enjoy myself and just do whatever I want and not go through all this work and struggle. Then he goes on to say, I start not to feel well. And then panic sets in and I want to get back on track and start taking care of myself. I'm yo-yoing back and forth and I'm all over the place and I really don't know where to turn or what to do about my health and getting things on track. I live in fear all the time. Wow, I really feel for you. Um, so many of us live in fear of our health, especially when we meet a diagnosis with diabetes. This is not an easy thing to do in managing our health and all the things that come with it. Recently, I was giving a um, speech, a talk, at a diabetic management course, and I was asked if I could really give this talk at the end of the course. So I took part in the course and, and saw if there was any updated information that I could, um, you know, receive because I hadn't been to one in a while, and I've been to many over the years. Obviously, things are always changing in the world of health and diabetes, and I try to keep myself updated. In any case, I sat through the management course with all these newly diagnosed uh, diabetics, and it was quite good. It was informative, and I could see that people were engaged and asking questions, and um, they found it very interesting about the diet and things they could have and maybe should stay away from. And went on to include exercise and how that affects the body, and people are asking questions and very interested. And of course, they talk about treatments with, you know, insulin and depending on this case, they talk, just talked about insulin, but they, they might talk about other options if you have type two and on went the class and people were quite engaged. And, you know, there's always stories to share and questions to answer. And the, um, the people teaching the class will say, I've heard other diabetics talk about this situation and how they handle it or that situation, how they handle it. And then near the end of the class and i have found this with every class that i have taken whether it's a three-day diabetic training or management course or one day they get on about the complications the doom and gloom and doom and gloom and the bad things that can happen to us well i want you to keep in mind that they have to tell us that your healthcare professional doctors nurses whomever they're going to tell you that it's their obligation that if we don't take care of ourselves. This may happen to us. And that's a hard pill to swallow, even after all these years. And as optimistic as I am, and as in good shape as I am living with diabetes, I still don't want to hear them. I'm well aware of them. I get it. We hear it all the time. We hear stories from people we know. We hear it on the news. We hear it in advertisement. We hear it a lot. It's there. It's a reality. It doesn't mean it's everybody's future, but we do hear it. And a lot of us get lost in that. And in the course, I could see where people were engaged and they were retaining things. A lot of them fell off. And what I notoriously see 
is in following some of these people and offering them support because they have come to me that they may be really good for a while um, because they're fearful and then all of a sudden they just collapse or they uh, just say from the get-go I'm scared and they're afraid to do anything and their feet are like cement they're terrified with these this bit of information on what could happen to them so I was there that day to stand up and say hi my name's Anita and I've been a diabetic for over 35 years and here I am and I felt that gave a different spin and I could see that that was hope in itself that here I was standing there healthy at least I look healthy to them they don't know um, all the ins and outs of my life you know I'm a healthy individual and I take care of myself and you know I'm not uh, the food police and I don't live in a hospital setting I'm a human being living with diabetes and I do the best I can and that seemed to put in short a better perspective in leaving the class and knowing that you know if you don't do this all these things may happen to you and we know the list and I don't need to go on and on and on about it because it's not nice stuff it isn't good news but it doesn't mean that's your reality either and I think we forget um, that we have control over our health and in saying that things may happen whether you take care of yourself or not and even when you're not a diabetic things can happen to you you hear I hear people that for the most part live quite healthy lifestyles and things happen to them with their health and they're not pleasant so you know let's not get caught up on all the bad things that could happen but let's empower ourselves in the way that we can do something about our health and take care of ourselves so don't overwhelm yourself with the bad news um, a minute where your blood sugar is higher or you know is not going to ruin everything for you okay so we'll put that in perspective because I think people react to every little thing when they when they look at this and think of all the bad things that can happen to them they react over every little blood sugar when it's really about the big picture and it's never too late to get it together and um, to take care of ourselves it's just when are we ready you know and what are we gonna do about it and we have to look at where we're at at the time so the most important thing to put this all in perspective is we have blood sugar issues and we have to deal with them in dealing with them it can be very overwhelming because we have to balance everything in our lives we have to balance the food we have to balance exercise we have to look at stress and how that affects us and then look at medications if we're even on medications and really look at the other things if we don't ever want to be on them in the case of type 2 diabetes and that is a big job when you're not living with diabetes you don't always think about it you just eat and you know exercise and try to keep yourself healthy and on you go because your body's functioning in the way that you don't have to think about all the things that a diabetic has to think about it's turnkey but that's you know not necessarily the case evidence has shown us more and more people are being diagnosed with diabetes and maybe that's because we're not taking care of ourselves or we're eating in ways that are unhealthy because a lot of times they um, equate type 2 diabetes with diet now it's not always the case but whenever we talk about health more often than not it comes right back to our food source and how food is affecting us and the lack of exercise in our in our lives and the excess food or even the and the types of food and the sources of the food so you know something that was pointed out to me time and time again throughout my um, my years living with diabetes is that oh you're a diabetic well you must eat in a very healthy way diabetics have to eat in a very healthy way and I would think to myself yeah well isn't that great but you know living with diabetes is not fun so there you go but what they were really saying to me I realized was that hey overall in other ways you must be pretty healthy because as a diabetic you're supposed to eat in a healthy way 
Not all of us do. We worry about sugars first, and that might mean that we're uh, eating food sources that are ridden with artificial sweeteners, and that's not necessarily the healthiest way to eat. And so we really should be looking at feeding our bodies. So in this way, Dave, I'm going to say to you, let's take a deep breath and calm down. I feel for you, but you've been diagnosed with diabetes. You do have control. And let's start just looking at it one step at a time. And the first thing you should be looking at is your sugar. So what would it take to support you to help getting your sugars under control? So if it's medication and the doctor says this medication will help you, then, hey, the doctor says that, let's take it. They say meet with the dietitian and let's get some structure around your eating habits. Let's go to the dietitian and get some structure around our eating habits. This is the way that I started off. When I was first diagnosed, I was only a child. We didn't have the options that we have now. And I sound like one of these parents that say, oh, I had to walk eight miles to school in the snow that was up to my waist. And, you know, it was so hard. You guys have it so easy now. Not really where I'm coming from. More to the fact that it's building blocks. When I was first diagnosed, we had um, insulin injections once a day. So they taught us, you know, how to manage ourselves in the way of taking this injection once a day and our food intake and that exercise, of course, would be a factor. So when we're doing uh, more activities that we'd have to be mindful of low blood sugars and maybe to have extra food. As time went on, um, they asked us to take more than one insulin injection a day. And of course, depending on what your doctor advised, they might be different kinds of insulin. They might change you from one to another. And then they went to multiple injections. But at all times, it was really about keeping the sugars under control, managing it through medication, diet, and exercise. And that, that was the main objective, which it should be in the case of diabetes. But as time has gone on, and there's more and more research, and we know far more about food or talk far more about food and nutrition than we did in the past, um, we have found that we have different choices. So now we don't say um, vegetable A, vegetable B, which was part of the old diets where they would take vegetables and some had far less sugars. So you could have more of those in a course of a meal. And some had more sugars. This is an example of tomato. So if you had a whole tomato, that could be classified as a fruit. And we would have to keep counts of our fruit and our milk choices. And they called them starches, which would be grains, you know, bread, rice, potato, things like that, that were higher in starches, French fries, um, you know, in the way of pizza, that was more of starch in a meal than it was anything else. And so we would have to learn how to break these things down and um, look at categories of choices and how many we could have in a day. And the dietitians all helped us with that. And it was really I felt uh, a good solid basis to be aware of what we were eating. And although we have far more choices now, we know more. And that was a very difficult diet, as a, especially as a kid to follow. Um, I still think it was a very solid foundation in the way that I, I, I've understood food and I understood what a starch was and how a fruit was different than a vegetable and how it affected my body when it came to sugar. But that's it. It just was about sugar. Then as time went on and I became more interested in what I was eating and saw that things were changing and that you know, we had some choices. So they started telling us that, well, sugar, sugar, sugar. Your body at this point, when you're living with diabetes, isn't going to look at, well, this is a good sugar and this is a bad sugar. It's just dealing with sugar at this point. Now, when it comes to your overall health, you're wearing a different hat. Now, you want to eat a healthier sugar and see that that source comes from a healthier place rather than, say, candy or, you know, some kind of refined sugar. But in the end of the day, your body's just going to look at it as sugar because you are a diabetic. 
So that was a little, you know, confusing and a little overwhelming. And and to be quite frank, I wasn't even used to having all these choices. So I was just happy about having some choices. Wow. They started telling us things um, like, well, if you would like to have a little more starch in a meal and changing the sugar count in that way, you can take a fruit and out of your meal and substitute it now and again with maybe a little extra bread or something. And that was really useful when I was uh, younger, especially in diagnosed with diabetes. Because, you know, my family, we would go out for dinner and we might go to an Italian restaurant. And if I wanted spaghetti, you know, I'd have to look, okay, how much spaghetti am I having? And of course, my parents or family members would look at it like, okay, how much pasta is Anita getting? She's a diabetic. Should you be eating all that? There was all this, you know, looking over me and fussing and And so it it was hard because I just wanted to eat. So knowing that I could, you know, uh, convert a fruit choice at a meal into a starch was very powerful. Because again, you're at a restaurant. I I was going to ask for some unsweetened fruit to make sure I had a fruit choice at the meal. That was pretty hard stuff to do back then. And so knowing in a meal, let's say I had two starches and a fruit, I could now have three starches. Now, a lot of this doesn't exist anymore and um, because we're looking at overall sugars and carbs. Some people do have those sorts of choices and, and they're perhaps on those kind of uh, meal plans where they've said so many st- uh, starches, fruits, um, you know, dairy products, milk choices in a meal. But a lot of people are just carb counting. And so I think this is where the confusion comes in and things can become very complicated when it comes to diabetes. And we're wanting to be good and we know things can go wrong, but where do we start and how do we stay on track and how do we keep these fears at bay? Well, um, how I look at it is you've got a health condition. We've got to get the sugars under control. And that's what I did. And I realized that not every day was going to be a picnic and not any one day had to, let's say, dominate the rest of my life when it came to my, my health, that I was going to have good days or bad days. I was going to have colds. I was going to have, um, you know, uh, trying times where my emotions may put my sugars off. It's really about your overall well-being. And it's really also not just about being a diabetic. It's about our whole bodies and really taking care of ourselves. And you start to peel back this onion and start to look at the whole picture. Okay, I have diabetes. And the big, the big thing that I always hear is, yes, Anita, you have a really healthy diet. But that's also because I have the power and I choose to eat in a healthy way. I could probably um, control my sugars in the same way and not have a healthy diet. And that's something I think we forget that, you know, it goes beyond the sugars that we really need to feed our bodies and stay healthy. I um, not long ago, I got together with some friends I hadn't seen oh, in years and years. And I was probably the last time I saw them, I was a, a younger teenager or, or an older teenager, pardon me, in around the 16 to 18 year mark. And when uh, it wasn't a large group, but there was about eight of us. And when we got together out of this group and catching up and sharing, I realized I was the healthiest one of them all. And None of them were diabetic, but they had, you know, different health concerns and conditions that they were dealing with. And none of them said they were having an easy time with it. So there's another thing to put in perspective when we're looking at these things that, you know, it's about your overall health. And again, I think we really forget the power we have in taking care of ourselves. And you can go to the doctor and the doctor is going to take your A1C being a diabetic and they're going to say, okay, it's a little high or it's fine. Let's hope they say it's fine. But if they don't and they say it's running high, they, their job is to inform you on what you can do, but it's a relationship. And in that relationship, we don't need to be fearful that we have power and the doctor may not be giving you news you want to hear such as, you know, let's get our sugars under control 
your A1Cs are high. But let's share some of the things we're going through. Well, you know, I'm trying really hard. I'm having some difficulty. And this is the areas I'm having difficulty. Maybe it, you're not taking your sugar enough. Maybe you're really struggling with choices in your diet. And that's coming from managing your time and all the stress that you have in your life. Knowing this, the doctor can only do so much for you. So it is a relationship between you and your healthcare provider, your doctor, your dietitian, all of these things. You're sharing with them. That gives them information how they can help you. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. It's up to you what you're going to take with the information that you gather and how you're going to apply it to your life. And this is not an easy thing. Even people that know about food and um, how it can affect our health and our weight, people struggle with this all the time. So the other part of this is you have to learn to put it in perspective and perhaps even cut yourself a break and understand we're not perfect, but we want to take steps forward in managing our health. And so looking beyond the fact that you're a diabetic, let's look at ourselves as not defining ourselves as a, I'm a diabetic, but I'm a person who wants to live in a healthy way. I'm a person that wants to take care of themselves. And one of the things that I have to do is I have to watch my blood sugars and I have to keep all of these things in balance. But we also have to be feeding our bodies. And so we have to be looking at nutrients that we're absorbing and how to keep, um, you know, our guts. We've, we've talked about in previous episodes about leaky gut. Well, you're not just a diabetic and have leaky gut. You could not have diabetes and have leaky gut. You could not have diabetes and have heart disease. You could not have diabetes and have all kinds of issues. And so... Maybe you are more uh, inclined or you could be more susceptible, obviously, to getting some of these conditions. But there is also a lot we can do about this. And so remember, and I'm going to say this again, that they, your doctors, your healthcare providers, they have to tell you that's their obligation to tell you what can happen if you don't take care of yourself. But you don't have to live in that state have to go beyond that and let's look at our whole body and taking care of ourselves on a whole at one time that's what I did I just looked at managing my sugars because that's all that we we're really told that was our objective was let's just manage our sugars and then as time went on in talking to more and more um, healthcare professionals doctors and dietitians and and I was very interested um in how all this affected my body. But I always was able to put a different spin on it. And I think um, it was very uh, early on in years that they realized this and I was asked to speak because no matter what, I would turn things around and find a positive. So I'll give you an example. When I was first um, diagnosed, I was very young and I was rushed to the hospital and um, I remember the doctor saying to my father that uh, your daughter's a diabetic. And I was really, really ill. So I was kind of in and out of consciousness at this point. And um, all I remember hearing was diabetic. And my father saying, well, what does that mean? When will she get better? And the uh, doctor said, never and I kind of, you know, let's say I went into a semi-sleep-like state and then I got up, uh, I became conscious again, and I remember getting into, or they put me in an ambulance, and off I went um, to another hospital where they were going to treat me. In the meantime, I remember they gave me an injection and said this should help you to start feeling a little bit better. But at this point, you know, I was very young and that's all that I heard. I, I thought I was going to die. And when I was in the ambulance, I looked over at the uh, attendant that was in the back with me and I asked him, how long did I have to live? And although I thought I was forming words, I was obviously very, very ill at this point. I wasn't. And he just kind of, you know, smiled at me and nodded and didn't say much. And 
off I went and I got to the hospital and they rushed me to a room and doctors and nurses were coming in and out and looking at me and it was all very, you know, confusing and and scary actually. But I was still in this state where I didn't think that I was going to live. And I was in there a couple of days at this point and still, you know, they were giving me IVs. And of course, now I know that they were insulin fusions and they were trying to get my sugar down because it was really high. After I was in the hospital, I think it was about my fourth day. um, I remember a nurse had to walk me down because I was still very, I wasn't steady on my feet whatsoever. I was very weak. And they took me to a room just beyond the nurse's station. And there were several other children in this room. And um, they had a place for me to sit. And in front of all of us, they had these little bottles and a needle. And so I sat there and I looked down at this and I thought, okay. And there was a nurse at the head of the table. And she said, oh, Anita. And I don't remember everyone's name. There was a couple other kids. So that might have been Mary and, you know, Joe and so on. Um I want you to pick up this one bottle and roll it. And so we we rolled it in our hands. And what we didn't know is it was, you know, an insulin that must, that was a mix. And so it had to be rolled before we could, you know, put it in our, to our syringes and inject it. And so then we had a clear bottle of some kind of solution. And so they asked us to pick up the needle and to put this, to, to insert the needle into the bottle. And we went through the whole rigmarole and we filled up our syringes. And then they proceeded to teach us how to give injections. And we were young and somehow we got through this. And it was quite something. When I think back now, it was really something. Uh, such young children to learn how to do this. In any case, I did it. And uh, the first uh, few times, along with others, we had, you know, they were glass syringes, they broke, and we'd have to start from the beginning again. But once it was done, it was done. And we went back to our rooms and on with the day. The next day, the nurse came, took me back to the same room, and we did the whole thing all over again. And at the end, the nurse that was walking me down in my room, I I asked her, do I have to go back and do that again tomorrow? And she said, you will be doing that, Anita, every day for the rest of your life. And I looked at her and I said, the rest of my life. So I'm going to be okay. And she said, yes, as long as you keep doing that, you'll be okay. That was good news to me because until then, I didn't know what was going on with my with my health, with my life. I was just a little kid and I or a younger child. And I didn't even know if I was going to live or not. So at that point, that was good news to me. And I stood in that moment from that point on that I had a choice. So if I kept doing this and doing what they told me to do, I was going to live. And for whatever reason, that's what gave me hope. And, And I took that in a good way and I ran with it. We didn't have the choices in diet. I wasn't perfect. I mean, even when it came to blood sugars, and I'm really reaching out to those that are struggling with their diagnosis in the case of Dave, I didn't have a good time in managing my diabetes when I was younger. I mean, we had to um, use urine and test tubes and pills and eyedroppers in order to know what our blood sugars were, and it was really difficult. Um, Very hard in my um, middle teens when I would want to stay over at someone's house or we went somewhere or even, you know, if you went out for dinner, who wants to take this apparatus with them into, you know, the bathroom of a restaurant? It, It wasn't happening and it wasn't happening for most of us. And then, of course, they came out with other things like um, strips that, uh, you know, when you could actually urinate on them and it would give you a range where your blood sugar blood sugars were. And of course, I'm saying blood sugars, but this was all through our urine and this is tested. And it gave us an idea. It wasn't um, as accurate as what we have today, but it's what we had then and we worked with it. Then we got on to pricking our fingers later on and we had all these choices that gave us more information. And although... These things could be difficult to get used to. 
They're very powerful tools in giving you choices. And this is what I mean about building blocks. I guess because I came from uh, a time when it was a little more difficult to manage our diabetes in the way of equipment and um, and just knowledge uh, period about food and, and, you know, how many times we would take insulin. We didn't have some of the choices. So as time's gone on, having these choices can, has really empowered me and they can empower you too. understand that. Yes, you've been diagnosed, but your first order of business in being a diabetic is to get your sugars under control. And we have much better ways of detecting the sugar in our blood much easier ways of doing it and look at what works for you. So, you know, you might want to use um, some of these tools that you can use a, a bandage-like uh, piece of equipment so you can inject it in your body. It looks like a bandage and it will take your sugars every five minutes. Although that might seem like a lot, it's a very powerful thing. You know what's going on with your body and you can react to these blood sugars in a a much better time. Maybe that's not for you. Maybe you're better off using a meter and you're fine with doing that and you're, you're willing to test multiple times. The point is you're doing something about it and you have control. This gives you control. This gives you knowledge and knowledge is powerful. And so that's the way that I looked at things that I, you know, as time went on, I had more choices and in testing and learning how to manage my medication and working with food and looking at it like little mini um, experiments, let's say, without getting caught up on every little blood sugar, that every bad blood sugar was going to come with a bad you know, outcome, meaning something horrible was going to happen to me. That gave me the freedom to really get to know my body. And I think that's so very important. When it comes to management, you've got to get to know what works for you. What choices you have when it comes to these tools in management, how food affects you, how your exercise affects you. You know, maybe uh, you don't like running, you want to walk. Well, maybe walking is the best thing for you. You know, it doesn't mean every diabetic has to do the exact same routine when it comes to exercise. Everyone's lifestyle is different. People um, have, uh, you know, greater demands at work or lesser demands, or maybe they're more active and enjoy exercise more than other people. But what works for you? So look at where you're at and you can start to make some positive changes. And remember, you're not feeding your diabetes. You're feeding your body. Don't be afraid of food. Embrace it. And remember, it's not just about diabetes. It's about your whole body. There's nutrients we need to support other parts of our body. And if we're supporting other parts of our body, we're really supporting ourselves in not having these issues and complications with diabetes. We're keeping ourselves healthy overall. Inevitably, that also means controlling our blood sugars. So it's a big picture but it's a big picture for everyone. It's a big picture if you're not a diabetic in taking care of our bodies. So we can't let diabetes define us. Even in my own family, uh, in raising two children and ha going through two pregnancies with diabetes, that was, um, that was a little difficult. But I was in um, high-risk pregnancy, and I opted to be in that program to get the support I felt that I needed during that time. There were women in there dealing with issues and that were not diabetics. So, you know, taking that in stride, I really um, was able to handle this experience in a much better way. And there was lots of support and there is lots of support out there for those that need it. What you want to also look at is surrounding yourself with positive people. And that is so very important. No matter what in life you want to um, surround yourself with supportive, positive people. That makes the world of difference. So I've gone to groups in the past and been part of groups and um, I didn't find it helpful when it came to uh, diabetes, only in the way, and that's not every group, but a lot of them I found 
I would go and um, it was just a place to complain. It was a place that we could all share how much, how terrible it was to have diabetes and how fearful they were of getting all these complications. But nobody was talking about what we could do to stop these things from happening, how we can empower ourselves so that was not going to be our future. And so this is another reason I do this show, Dave. And I'm saying this to Dave, who sent me the email, and all of you that um, are struggling with your diagnosis and you're feeling fearful and afraid that, you know, you do have the choice. And that is something that I was told earlier on to go back to my earlier experiences by um, different endocrinologists. I was fortunate enough that they said to me, listen, Anita, you've been living with diabetes for a number of years and remember that you have the power. You know your body and you're taking steps to keep yourself healthy. And that's a great thing. We as doctors learn from our patients and our patients take the information that we're giving to them and hopefully are able to apply it. And then we get feedback on how these things are successful for them. And so again, I'm going to go back to this relationship. You're not just stuck in this place you have choices and you work with your doctor and your healthcare provider to come to an outcome of success that works for you. And so often I, you know, I always get reminded when I hear people, uh, healthcare providers say, well, some patients have said they found success in this and some patients say they have found success in another area and that worked for them. So again, that just brings it home that we have to do what works for us and what success looks like for us. Even when it came down to um, choosing fruit, and I love fruit, but it's high in sugar. And I love fruit juices, but again, high in sugar. And I came to the realization that it just wasn't worth it to me. I would have juice, and I love juice, and I loved it. The idea of, you know, I envied people actually freedom just to go off and have a glass of juice and, you know, not even think about it. And I would have to be so worried if I wanted juice or, you know, I wanted to eat extra fruit, what it would do to my sugars. And then I started to make better choices such as, well, I could still have, you know, some fruit, but maybe plums were a better choice for me because they're not so high in sugar. So I could have a couple of plums up to three and that might have the same effect on me as half an apple. And it was okay. I like plums. So I started to go to these things and I started to look at alternatives to pasta because I love spaghetti and I, I, I realized I like the sauce more than the actual pasta, which was a great thing, especially when you're managing your sugars. And so I looked at using things like zucchini and, you know, using this tool to shave bits of zucchini. So it would almost be like a noodle and I could use that instead of pasta. And I did this years and years ago, only noticing that I could eat more, enjoy things, especially the sauce of spaghetti, because I have to have something with it, but it was really about the sauce for me. And then I could keep my sugars down. And soon I learned to embrace all these ideas and I searched different ways that I could enjoy my meals and have choices and um, and not affect my blood sugar. So that worked for me to keep my blood sugars um, in balance. And it was easier to keep them in balance because I wasn't, you know, overloading on sugary foods and even looking at fruit. Okay, it's fruit and they say it's healthy, but it's still sugar. Then I went beyond that. And I started to say, okay, um, I'm keeping my sugars down, but I got to make sure the source of food that I have is also going to support the rest of my body. And then I'm feeding my body that I'm getting nutrients. And so I started to look at that and become very interested in it. And it's all been a journey and somewhat of an experiment, but I've allowed myself that freedom. And so we don't have to bog ourselves down with, oh, I'm a diabetic. We have to be aware of it. We have to be aware of the risks. We have to communicate with our doctors and healthcare professionals. But we can also look beyond 
that and look at that information and how we can apply it to our day-to-day life. And that's what I mean about playing with it, experimenting in the way that I looked at exercise and I, I really started to take note on how it affected me, what time of day, what was my sugars pre my workout. Maybe I would take a little bit of, uh, or and I did experiment with this, take a little bit of juice and add it to some water. And if I needed that, I would have it during the course of my workout. And it helped me from having a low blood sugar. And from time to time, if my uh, sugar was a little, what I would deem to be lower pre a workout, I would do this. And it really did help me. And then sometimes I would let my sugars go just a little slightly higher. Now, some may say that is not a good idea. Some of you may be doing this. I started to play with that a little bit and say, well, maybe, you know, um, a, a calculation of eight. And this is a different calculation on a meter than what some of you may have. But it's only slightly higher. And I would, you know, start... I was okay to start working out at that point. I don't want my sugars to be too high when I work out. But I would play with it and see what worked for me and what was successful. But it kept me in the game in managing my health. It kept me positive and it really brought home that I'm an individual and that I have power when it comes to these things. And what does success look like for me? So... In remembering this, we don't have to get depressed. We don't have to be um, think that we don't have choices because we really do. And I think we forget that a lot of the time. And that the doctors really can only do so much for us. They can give us the tools. They help us in the way of giving us information and choices if we need medication. And it's so very important to see our doctors and keep on top of these things. But you live with yourself every single day and you can do something about your health. And when it comes to these other things, these other side effects, and we all hear them, it can be very overwhelming, this information, you know, Other people also are in risk of damaging their liver and having other issues and may not even be aware of it because it doesn't, they don't have a sugar issue that, you know, they have to manage and people reminding them all the time that these, this overload of sugar or the body not being able to process the sugar properly is going to damage other parts of their body. So you have the upper hand and that's how I've looked at it in that I try to do things to keep my liver healthy and, you know, not have gut leak because, again, it's not something they have a test for. And they're only really just starting to talk about it more and more and how important it is to have a healthy gut and how important it is, and you know, to take care of our kidneys and be proactive. So look at it this way, Dave. Be proactive about your health and you have the power to do it. And so that's why I have this show. This is why I talk about what I talk about and have some of the guests on. It's to empower people to take care of themselves. And if you have a diabetic in your family, if you're worried about developing diabetes, if you are a diabetic, these are ways we can empower ourselves and tools that we can use in order to keep ourselves healthy. Because we can, you know. Nothing's etched in stone, and it's never too late to just start doing it, to start taking care of ourselves. And remember, you know, we're going to have bad days, and we're going to have good days, and then we're just going to have some days, right? But knowing that you have choices in the management of your health and being aware of your body and listening to your body. I mean, in some of the episodes I've had, on guests that I've I've talked to about listening to your your body, Doctor Puthalil, and I did um I did four episodes with him, <clears throat> and he has a totally different theory on on why people are developing type two diabetes, and he talks about authentic weight and knowing our authentic weight. And, you know, knowing, listening to our bodies and what we need when it comes to nutrients. That's so very important. And that he talks about diabetes and feeding ourselves, giving ourselves nutrients to keep our bodies healthy overall. Now, it would be wonderful if they had a cure for diabetes. And in receiving that cure, if I was cured tomorrow, I'm going to share with you that I I would not eat any differently than what I eat now. 
which is a really empowering thing for me because it tells me that I'm not being deprived of anything, that I do have choices. I wouldn't go out and start drink, drinking gallons of juice or eating all kinds of sweet and candies and cakes. I've come to like the way that I eat and it makes me feel good for my overall health. And I know that when I eat in this way, I'm doing the best I can because I am not perfect, but to keep my overall health and empower myself as a human being and, and doing the best I can to be healthy. And so diabetes is just one part of it. And I really keep that in mind. Some of the guests that I've had on uh, my show, and I'm going to go back to Dr. Uh, Puthalil again, John Puthalil, and he's written a book called Eat, Chew, Live. And he talks a lot about his new theory on why people develop uh, type 2 diabetes. And if you go back in some previous episodes, it's really um, a good listen on his um, on his theory and keeping the body healthy and how we can prevent ourselves from diabetes or at least, you know, reduce medications and perhaps even reverse it if you're living with type 2 diabetes. But in thinking about this and hearing some stories that he shared about patients, I thought, well, if they came up with a cure for type 1 diabetes, which is what I have, and now I don't have to take artificial insulin in the way that I do now, I could actually develop type 2 diabetes. And so I thought, but would I? Because I'm eating in a way that's quite healthy. I'm empowering my body and being aware of what it needs. Try to keep my liver healthy because the liver is such an important organ. Besides our brain, it is one of the most vital organs that we have. So important in filtering. It filters at everything in our body. And so many people, for example, beyond diabetes, suffer from what they call fatty liver disease. And they're actually contributing this um, to type 2 diabetes that they have found in the past. They said, well, if you have type 2 diabetes, you're in a great risk or you most likely have fatty liver disease. Now they've realized that it's the opposite, that a lot of people diagnosed with type 2 diabetes had these liver issues before they were diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. So there you go. You know, the information is changing all the time. We're finding out new things and how to better manage our health. And we want to keep ourselves as healthy as we can in order to take this information and apply it and have it work for us in real time. So in listening to that, when I found that out and I did some reading about this, they also talked about type 1, a lot of type 1s, um, just having fatty liver disease. And obviously, they're contributing or, or linking this to the amount of sugars that we deal with and not producing insulin and how we have to take artificial insulin. And then this balance is, can be um, a hard thing. But there are things we can do. There are things we can do to take care of our liver. And we're actually going to get into some of these things in um, some episodes coming up very shortly where I'm going to talk to um, or I'm interviewing a few health professionals on how we can keep our livers healthy, how we can keep this uh, fatty liver disease you know, down and, and, keep, and heal our livers. Apparently, the liver can heal. And we can do this through our diets and, um, you know, down to having some warm water with lemon in the morning. The same thing with other things in our lives, you know, having a healthy heart, exercising, doing all these things. We don't have to necessarily fall prey to all these side effects of diabetes. And I like to keep it positive and keep it positive. Remember, diabetes doesn't have to define you. You want to feed your body and keep it healthy. Exercise, you know, let's keep the stress levels down. Maybe we want to start doing some meditation. I mean, there's a whole lot of things we should just be doing for ourselves as human beings. So Dave, don't sit and cement your feet in the world of diabetes. Remember, it's about general health also and that your first priority is obviously to keep your sugars under control. And once you start to get the hang of you know, your diet and how different foods affect your sugar 
And if you're on medication, get on your cycle of exercise, medication, and foods. And start to look at how these things affect you. And find what works for you. And remember, you have choices. So that's what I'm really... This is what this show is about today, is choices. Remember that you do. And that's a powerful thing. So knowing what your sugars are, understanding your choices of food and how they affect you, understanding how important exercise is and the role it plays in your health are all things that are going to help you manage your diabetes. But beyond that, they can help manage your overall health. I'm hoping some of this information and uh, my own experience and take on all of this uh, on diabetes and how I deal with some of my um, issues or some of the issues, I should say, with diabetes when it comes to food and um, exercise and just how you can start to look at things and change things around. I, I find that um, I cook more at home and I, I in doing this, I have a better relationship with my food and just taking that time to know what I'm eating and what I'm putting in my body. Now I still eat out and I enjoy it, but I do cook at home um, more and more now. And I'm not really married to any one diet. Uh, sometimes I eat raw and that really, it, it does help me manage the sugar, but I also, I eat meat, I eat fish. And so I can't say that um, I'm, you know, just a uh, I'm vegan or that I just eat raw food or that I'm a vegetarian because I do eat vegetarian several times a, a couple times a week. I just do what works for me. I enjoy my food. I uh, look at how it affects my blood sugars, how I'm feeding my body. I pay attention to some of my cravings because maybe I'm lacking something. Maybe I need to feed my body in a certain way. So all this goes in managing our health. And I think a lot of us just don't have a great relationship with food to begin with. So Dave, don't get overwhelmed. Anyone that's feeling overwhelmed, um, kind of let's slow it down. Breathe. What does success look like to you at this moment? What are some steps that you can take to manage your diabetes and your overall health today? If you feel that you're not doing a good job or the doctors asked you to, you know, step it up and um, maybe there's some concerns there, let's communicate with the doctor. Let's ask them, um, you know, if they have any ideas or is there some way that they can recommend something that you could try to support you in this management of diabetes and your overall health and find something that works for you. Embrace it and then take the next step. And on it goes. If you have any questions or would like to share some successes on things that you have felt that really helped empower you in managing your diabetes, please email me.